0: Welcome to the Insight Through Experience podcast, a podcast created to provide information about what life is like inside the most specialized special tactics organization in the U.S. Air Force. In these episodes, we'll be bringing you the experiences from many of our experts, ranging from our human performance optimization staff, our combat mission supporters, as well as our special warfare operators. Our main objective with these podcasts are to provide the listener with a unique look inside our culture of excellence in hopes that you will make the 724 a future career goal. Now sit back, relax, take some notes, prepare to hear from some of the Air Force's finest. Thank you for joining us on the Insight Through Experience podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It is exciting to be back here with you. Just got done with operator selection. 2023-01 23 one is what we called this one. This is the first of four that we're running this year. These four operator selections will then fill the class for OTC 2023, which will start next summer. It's always impressive to watch the guys go through this process. And at the end of it, I'm always just renewed with energy and blown away by what the human capacity and the human machine can go through and still thrive at the end. Uh, these five guys that I'm bringing on the podcast this week are key examples of that. Now, here's the interesting thing. Four of these guys got picked up for an assignment. One of the guys did not, but he still volunteered to come on the podcast. And you can just hear through his incredible personality, his growth mindset, just the way that he talks about the experience and how he wants to come back. I think just it just speaks volumes to what the guys go through here together, what they experience, and then what they take away. You know, it's definitely got to be easier to have gotten selected for an assignment and come on the podcast. has to be a lot more difficult to not get selected. And then four hours later, be in an interview talking about the selection process. But Charlie23, shout out to you, brother. Uh, He did just that, and some of the info and tips that he provided future candidates was just pure gold. And we look forward to him coming back up hopefully next year and giving it another shot. So the... Interviewees that I chose for this podcast. We have two PJs, a combat controller, and two TACPs joining us. And all of these guys are so well spoken. You just hear the clarity of thought and understand that they just completed XFIL less than 48 hours before this interview and just completed the board process and the hiring process mere hours before we recorded this. And not to belabor the point any longer, I think it's just something that I feel like I need to express to the audience that once you create an environment like we do here, at our ANS process for the operators, watch them go through it, watch them almost, it's almost like taking the red pill for some of them. And then as soon as they're done with it you bring them on a, an episode of a podcast and start asking them questions about the process, they now turn into the teacher. So as I'm sitting here listening to these guys describe their experience and what they're taking away from it and how they're going to move forward, I started taking away new lessons for me, from the guy who created the process itself They're giving me new lessons about the process. So again, amazing how these guys went through basically six or seven days of an operator selection and now turn around and start teaching me about the process. So it just speaks volume to the guys who are out in these career fields who chose the aspect war lifestyle and can push themselves into uncomfortable spaces like coming up to another selection process and having to put it on the line and let other people evaluate you and interact with peers who are also going to be grading you at the same time. So just an amazing experience every time we do this. And I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be a part of it. All right, let's grab the caffeine, grab something to write with and write on, get in a good sitting chair and let's listen to another insight through experience podcast. Thank y'all for joining us. Let's go. All right, gents. Thanks for taking time, sitting down with me talking about this A&S you just went through. If you would, starting with three, five, go around and just give us your name, introduction, and what base we're from. Hey, Charlie 3-5, I'm um, a PJ, graduated in 2019, uh, coming
1: out of Paciano, Italy, the 57th RQS. Charlie 3-4,
2: I'm a combat controller, I'm coming out of the 22nd special Texas. Charlie 3-3, I'm
3: a TACP, am coming out of the 17th in JBLM.
4: Charlie 2-3, I'm um, a TAC P. coming out of the 15th ASOS.
5: Charlie 4-3, I'm a PJ, coming out of
0: Tucson, Arizona. Let's just have a little fun starting out. How's recovery been? 3-5, we'll start with you. How's recovery been since ex-Phil? Physical recovery has been pretty funny. Watching everybody uh, Mm
5: -hmm. just
1: (laughs) waddle over to our debriefing. um, Taking care of your feet and stuff. Uh, Mental recovery has been a little bit more taxing. Trying to decompress from all of the information we received over the last week because it's really been a fire hose of feedback that you want to try to implement. So you have to Really reflect on it actively, and to implement it. it um, is, is going to be hard to uh, to really grasp as much as I want to.
2: Charlie three four. Um, I'd say it's getting a lot better. Uh, first is just really sore, but uh, the more I moved, the more I uh, broke through that lactic acid. And so, for anyone going through it, I would just say when it's you know I know it's you're going to want to stop and not move and just kind of sit there, but it actually is way better to move and just keep walking around, keep staying on your feet, keep stretching, use a high price massage gun if you've got it or any of the other devices, but just keep moving. Charlie three, three
3: I'd say physically, actually pretty good, all things considered, definitely some limping and uh, soreness involved, but physically feeling pretty good. Mentally, I'd say a little bit, a little bit more taxing. Uh, main thing is just absorbing everything and then trying to think through all of the events that we did from start to finish. And just pull all the feedback I got out of them because I got a lot of good feedback and I just want to make sure I'm able to like, document that so I can implement that going forward.
4: Charlie 23. Uh, yeah, recovery has been good. Um, like everybody here, I've got you know chafing muscle soreness, everything, um, nothing, no serious injuries come up or anything. And uh, over these past 2 days, I've, I've actually been able to walk normal again.
5: Charlie 43. Uh, I'm pretty fortunate. I didn't get any blisters and didn't chafe. Uh, physically, I'm feeling pretty good. Obviously, I have some issues with the uh, typical can't sleep, lack of appetite. I think we're we'll all out of these uh, weird night sweats, too. Um, right now, we're talking about that. Uh, but today, we did a session with the uh, PTs and ATs here, and that helped exponentially. So
0: That's good. Now that you've got this experience behind you, how are you mainly processing the experience? I'm kind of in awe of myself right now. Uh,
1: You always tell yourself that you're going to be able to stand up to whatever challenges come your way. And then uh, you really are forced to meet some challenges that you can't really prepare for at this selection process. So coming off the backside of it and seeing that I was able to uh, overcome these uh, challenges, uh, I'm I'm pretty happy with myself. But uh, that's also something I just have to mentally process because it's not a, a, a normal thing to just face challenges like
2: that. Charlie, three, four. I would say it started with the feedback session the day after we got out of Xfil. Just learning the meaning behind every event and what the instructors were actually looking for, and just being able to work all the scenarios that we went through through our minds and um, coming up with, a, how did we perform? Did we did we meet the goal? Did we exceed the goal? Like, where are we lacking? And then, as far as um, coming off of Xfil, just I put knowing that I can push myself further than, you know, the mental blocks that I put in my own head. I think a lot of us come here and say, you know, if we were told the exact miles that we were gonna have to travel that we're here, everyone would say, oh, I can't do that, or there's no way, but just after every iteration, every rep, everything that we're doing out there, just knowing that you still had more left in the tank and you can do way more than you thought you could ever do. Charlie, through three, I'd say it's been pretty humbling, just thinking
3: back and processing everything. The biggest thing for me is is I knew when I came here it wasn't necessarily about getting selected obviously that's everyone's end goal but I just wanted to develop as a person find my weaknesses and kind of keep growing I came to a point in my life where I felt like I was I hit a wall in that aspect and I knew I needed a challenge that was going to help push me through it and this is definitely that that challenge that's going to do that Uh
4: Charlie 23 <clears throat> um yeah, this this past week and some change has been really eye opening. You get to see what um, the culture is like up here at a tier one selection, um, and yeah, you you just get brutally honest feedback to stuff that you like might be aware of that oh yeah I need to work on this or like stuff that you were completely unaware of uh, might cut catch you off guard. Just being able to uh, adapt and respond positively uh, to that, I think, is one of the biggest things up here.
5: Charlie four three. You know, going into selection, we look at the attributes and the 724 does a great job providing us with resources, books, websites, things like that, but it almost gives an infinite amount of information to which you could look at and and study and try and get better at. Um, so it can kind of seem overwhelming, but leaving selection, it, it feels a lot more focused and there's a clear map towards uh, what I have to do to become better as a pJ and individual.
0: 3-5 that mentioned the feedback session. I'd like to um, dig into that a little bit. So, this is the first time for the audience, the first time we ever did feedback this way. Normally we wait till after the selection decisions and then we really just get, gave feedback to the non-selects. This time we did a little bit different. The day before the hiring decisions, we brought everybody in, um, got them in a circle, did 360 feedback to include their evaluators, came in and gave them feedback, which we've never done in the past either. So two, three. let me start with you. How did that go yesterday? Just explain it from your experience and what value did you find in it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, yeah, so we did the
4: uh, peer feedback as well as feedback uh, from some of the cadre members that were uh, watching you more closely during the selection process. Um, I was poking my peers constantly throughout uh, the selection process trying to get feedback from them uh, to the point I think they were kind of getting annoyed with it. So it's a, it's a double edged sword there, but um, they would consistently bring up like fairly similar things um, and the cadre threw a, a few things in there that I wasn't. Getting from them, so uh, yeah, getting the the inside perspective as well as the outside perspectives uh, is pretty huge.
0: Is there anything you can share from like the evaluator standpoint that they shared with you that you weren't necessarily tracking?
4: Absolutely, um, the my uh, just body language and natural introvertedness, um, I think, was the biggest red flag for them, and and that's a huge. Uh, a huge deal when you're talking about guys who are involved in joint operations, because you're going to be working with new people constantly. There's all these new 1st impressions that you have to make. Um, yeah, and so just obviously starting every 1 of those off on a. On the wrong foot is not where you want to be.
5: Try 4, 3. Uh, I'm more surprised, you know, we think we know ourselves well, and we think we. You know mannerisms and weaknesses and strengths and then you come to a place and then you meet people that you, and then you know them for five days and then they can provide insight to your blind spots that you are unaware of and it's just a very interesting thing and highlights the value of feedback.
1: Charlie through five, um, I, I found the instructor feedback influential in my in my future growth. Uh, I found my team feedback more important um, during this process. Uh, I never really thought of feedback as That important for an individual, I kind of figured that everybody would be able to figure out their own problems. But um, if I didn't have the feedback that I had from my team during this course, I probably wouldn't have succeeded in this course. Uh, So it's something I really want to take back to my squadron and implement Uh, because the biggest thing I realized was that um, if you don't have the guts to talk to your team the way that and let them know how you're seeing their actions, then you're just as much of a liability as anybody that you think is a
0: liability. Three, five. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Well, I'll say them out loud, but I think back at most of our units, we have, we don't do this well. We don't do the feedback process well. So, how do you think that'll be received when you go back? What's your strategy to go back and try to get them to move towards it? Um,
1: my strategy is to try to implement it on the small scale level first, whether that's just in the element that I'm a member of or in my team itself. But a lot of the time we try to make it too organized whether that's through a chaplain or the first shirt or even the hpo staff that we have but really it should fall on the team members and the element leaders and uh, team sergeants to organize their guys and just have candid conversations with each other so i'd like to start it with just the smallest level without having to make it this huge deal because it's not a big deal to be able to talk to your teammates
2: charlie three five, uh, the instructor feedback i received here was always trying to understand that it's for a reason, and it's usually very pointed. Um, the instructor feedback is to vector you towards success and what they need to see out of you to uh, be successful during the selection process. The individual feedbacks from the team was more about investing in you and your growth as a person. And the most amazing thing that I saw during our feedback sessions is from the first one to the very last one that we did yesterday. And I was with charlie three and Charlie35 here the entire time And for the entire six-man team that we had, 80% of our feedbacks were exactly the same for each other. So it's we were all seeing the same things and the same people. We were all recognizing the things they were really good at, what they needed to improve on. And just the fact that we were so synced up after six days of spending together just speaks volumes to the process here.
3: Charlie 3-3, I'll I'll just roll right off that one. So yeah, 3-5 and 3-4 and I, we're all together. And yeah, absolutely. The last feedback session was, is like this culminating thing where it's, we really kind of just felt like we knew each other really well um, to kind of talk to 3-5's point. Like we we both, 3-4 and and I talked and we both were like, yeah, 3-5, if there was a best improved, uh, like award, it, it would go to him because the person that that was at in the circle at the end of it versus the person that was there the first day it was like two different people. Um, so it, you just really gotta lean into the process and and trust it and be open to the feedback. And if you do that, you'll definitely come out of here with some tangible uh, takeaways.
5: Actually, four three. You know, I, I was thinking a lot during selection of why we don't do feedback. And at the team level, like we all love each other, we all love our teammates, we all want the best for them. In my opinion, the only reason we don't do feedback is because it's cowardice. We don't want to, you know, face up to our buddies and tell them that they're messed up. And that's does a disservice to them and ourselves. And what do you guys think about that? Like, is there any other reason to not do feedback other than cowardice? Uh,
3: so I think I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think when you get to a certain point in your career, you feel like People shouldn't be questioning you anymore. Like you feel, I feel, or I feel like that's the culture at a lot of squadrons. I know we do, like, we do really good feedback in the JTAC role. We, mm-hmm. we cut people down always, yeah. nobody's safe. And that's, that's the way we look at it. And we look at it like that because ultimately we're trying to make sure that people uh, are able to do their job downrange where, where it's important mm-hmm. uh, to meet the mission. But as people, we look past that because we don't want to offend people. We don't want to be, say, hey, our buddy, like, hey, you're coming out this way, or this is affecting the team. This attribute that you're doing, so I think it's it's hard to kind of talk to people that you trust and are validated and have been in the the system for a while and tell them, hey man, maybe this thing that you're doing, it's not helping the team out and it's actually hurting the team, and you need to look at changing this so that we can be better at at meeting that mission.
0: Awesome. What parts of the experience did you guys value at a personal level? And this is a weird question, maybe for some, because the the audience, most of them, don't understand what you've been through. So I think this question will help relay the special things that you experience up here. Charlie 4.3, let's start with you. What did you value on a personal level? Uh, personal
5: level <clears throat> on a personal level, Charlie 4.3, on a personal level, I really value the investment that the 7.24 made on us. And uh, like, I, I truly mean that. Like coming up here, I was, despite what Mr. Free said in all the podcasts, I was still under the impression this would be a selection course with, you know, a, a side of feedback. But what it turned out to be was a professional development course and, you know, showing up day one, it was clear that everyone in the room wanted the best for us, wanted us to improve as people. And, you know, the side, um, and on the side, there's also the, you know, the the selection component and, you know, the end being potentially getting hired or not, but that was, you know, less important to the growth.
1: Charlie three five. I, I really respect and appreciate the level of maturity that uh, the instructors provided throughout the training. Um, It was all serious the whole time. There was no reason for them to go easy on us ever. And I appreciate that. I I felt like a lot of times, um, especially once I went operational, things get canceled, whether that's for weather or because guys just aren't having a good day. But in reality, um, because of the nature of what we all do, that's just not allowed and uh it was refreshing to come up to a place where everybody's so driven and recognizes how hard the mission set really is when it comes time to do the job so it didn't matter if it was raining it didn't matter if we retired it didn't matter if we had had a hard day yesterday or no sleep it was just keep going or you're not going to make it
2: Charlie, three four the things that i value the most uh was feedback and we already kind of talked about that but just hitting on that again just you don't know how close you can get to some of the guys that surround you by just being open and honest with them. And you're not just tearing them down, you're telling them what they're doing well, what they need to keep doing, but also what they could be doing better. And then another part is just the entire process. From the time that we walked in here, we knew that we were appreciated for standing up and showing up here. And then from the time that we all submitted a packet to the time of the decision that came down, so much went into preparing and organizing and just implementing this entire process. And we only got a glimpse of it. We haven't even seen behind the curtain about what's going on backside, but there is so much invested in the 23 candidates that we had here. And it's just awesome to see. And I'm just extremely grateful to be a part of it. Charlie, three, three. Yeah, what was valuable
3: uh, on a personal level for me, I think was just honestly being in, in an environment where it's all about growing and being with a group of, Twenty-three or so people that are all there for the same reason, and all have the same mentality, and are, are all willing to work together and strip each other down and just be vulnerable with each other about their weaknesses, how they can get better, and uh, just see that from people at this level, and and to work towards uh, getting feedback and and getting positive or uh, getting constructive feedback that you can implement uh, and and put towards meeting that goal. Charlie two
4: three, I think uh, Charlie three five said it pretty well what i appreciate here is the honesty like nobody up here is going to lie to you to protect your feelings um the the feedback that you get is yeah there's going to be some positive stuff like hey man you you were crushing this like keep doing this uh but the other stuff is like it's sometimes it's hard to hear for people that yay like this was not good you need to correct this um so yeah just like coming from an asos like you don't get that often so up here it's it's crazy to get that new mindset um and and see how they
0: implement this critical feedback and the the fact that it actually works very well all right let's talk about preparation a little bit so think about what you did for preparation when you got here and i don't know when that started i'm sure it was months before you ever received the reporting instructions but from your broad strategy what did you do and how that play out 3-4 we'll start with you
2: Charlie. 3-4 to prep for coming up here. Mainly I just wanted to get more information about what I was getting into. So I reached out to my friends that were at the unit and my wife and I FaceTimed a really close friend and his wife, and we just asked very pointed questions about what to expect. You know, how does it, how does this work, how does that work, just so we had a better idea of, you know, what we were signing up for. And then to physically prepare or to physically prepare, I just got my legs ready for carrying weight. Um, I did my normal workouts, but I just emphasized rucking just to make sure that when that time came or I had to move for an unknown distance for an unknown time carrying a load, I was ready to do that. So, most that was most of my prep, just making sure I was ready to put in the miles. Charlie, 3-3. Three, three. So,
3: for preparation, I'll, I'll stick to more of the mental aspects. Um, I think physically, if you're listening to this podcast, you're in, you're, you're in a good spot. Like, you're getting information. So, continue doing that, dig into these. There's tons of good information here. Um, but uh, mentally, I'd say uh, Get feedback from your peers, number one, like just the people that you work with, whoever is your supervisor, next to your chain man that you trust and you look up to as like a mentor, give them the attributes and have them uh, debrief you on them. Because if you can highlight your weaknesses prior to coming in here, you can start working on them prior and that'll, that will honestly show and help you out. Um, other than that, just dig into more into the podcast, get some of the, the books that are recommended and read through some of those. I found them really helpful, uh, particularly, the ideal team player and ego as the enemy it was super helpful. I, I would throw those on during my Rocks rock for training and just kind of listen to them and, and absorb them as much as I can. Physically, carry uh, you know heavy stuff for long distances. Put a lot of weight on your back. Throw on an LBE. Get a rifle. Go long distances. And and I think the important thing is do it in bad, a bad environment. Like, don't just go out and train when it's nice out. Uh, I'm in JBLM, so it rains there a lot. A lot of my cardio and runs, it was pouring out, and it sucked when I was training and doing it. But it, particularly in infill, it helped out a lot. Where I was like, okay, you know, I've, I've done this before. I know I can push through this. So I'd say train in bad environments, or look for at least once every other week, look for an opportunity to do something like that.
4: Charlie two three. Um, so my strategy coming in was to excel uh, at the physical events if I could. That way, I could save um, that. Bandwidth of stress, essentially, for the academic events that happened here. Um, It's not really a secret. There's you're going to be doing some rocking here. You're going to be carrying things or doing things that are involved uh, with grip strength heavily. Uh, You're probably going to be smoking your legs a lot. So getting good at those. So that way you're not worried about them when it comes to those events and you can focus on the academic side of selection.
5: Charlie 43 looking back at preparation. I definitely played the long game coming to selection. I I knew I wanted to come here for a long time. I've been at PJ for four years now. And so during those four years, looking at other PJs who got selected or came back from the unit, you know, seeing what kind of traits they had and or positive traits they had and then trying to embody those. I feel like that was very effective to kind of build that base. And then on the physical side, a long time ago, someone told me that uh, having an ultra endurance background would be beneficial at selection. So I started doing ultra marathons, and that helped me exponentially as far as uh, what you just said about the you know, physical prep to alleviate the mental stress. Like that was huge. Just having that work capacity will help you out significantly.
0: Awesome. Let's talk about weaknesses real quick. What do you feel like your biggest weakness was when you were moving through selection and how did you deal with it? Let's start with 3-3. Three, three. Um, I'd say so, Charlie, 3-3 through, through here, I'd say my biggest weakness
3: was kind of a cliche answer, I guess, but it was myself. Um, Just digging through uh, some of the reasons I was holding back and fighting through that. Uh, I know it's mentioned multiple times on here. It's not a competition with anybody else here and it's really not. It's just a competition with yourself, but you can't help from looking at other people that are just crushing it and being like, wow, man, that, that guy is really crushing it and I feel like I need to be doing better. But ultimately you gotta understand where your capability is and as long as you're putting out 100%, Everyone's 100% is going to be different, but if you're, if you're doing that, you're, you're, you're meeting the intent of of leaving everything on the table. So, but yeah, ultimately, I'd say my biggest weakness was myself and just. Sticking to that why for why I'm here and uh, fighting through those dark moments.
4: Yeah, so um, if I had to go back uh, and help change things for my weakness, I would say definitely. Uh, Taking up the opportunity to do more public speaking, whether that's doing briefs at my squadron uh, or just assimilating myself with a, a new group of people. Right? So that was, uh, I think, the thing that set me back the most. Um, and then you couple that with uh, some stress of just being in a new environment, being feeling like you're being evaluated constantly. It just makes that exponentially worse. So if you can get comfortable uh, with that weakness, the, the stress shouldn't affect it nearly as much.
5: 4 3 I'd say my biggest weakness moving to selection was focus and you know throughout the feedback sessions I've distilled this down into two things and one of those is uh, Being distracted and out of the present moment and the second one is is modulation of that focus So being distracted and taking out of the present moment during selection, they're going to task saturate you And if you're worried about a previous event or future event, then you're not going to be operating 100% and you need that 100% The second piece of that the modulation of focus um so you know mr free talks about it and it's in the book uh peak mind uh they talk about the flashlight analogy and that your focus is a flashlight and you can narrow and widen that beam of awareness and there are times in selection where you're going to need to have that focused attention and then quickly transition to a wide uh broader awareness and uh you know having that fleshed out before we come down will be key
1: uh so yeah my my biggest weakness during selection was interpersonal effectiveness. Uh, it was something that I had fought against um, for a while when I first came in. And then after my first deployment, it was something that uh, came up and I, uh, I realized that I really needed to work on it. And then um, I thought that I was as close as I needed to be on it until I got here and received my first feedback from my team and realized that I was still um, coming off kind of reserved or cold and not uh, making my opinions known when they needed to be. Because the matter or the fact of the matter is that if you have an answer, maybe you're really good at solving problems, maybe you're creative, um, maybe you know where the team needs to go and why things matter. But if you don't say anything and you don't have a relationship with your team that makes them comfortable to listen to you, then it doesn't matter how good you are.
2: Charlie 3 four, biggest weakness coming here was interpersonal effectiveness as far as being a leader and leading a team of men. Um, I've always been used to just doing the task or getting it done. And um, it's hard for me to pull myself out and task others to work as a team and get it all done. Um, So I just knew that coming here, like I couldn't just gray man out and just be a part of the team and help. There's definitely times I needed to step up. And so I just uh, really had to walk a fine line of when do I need to take charge? And when do I need to just shut up and work? And just trying to find that right balance to be an effective team member, but also show a good representation of myself and what I'm capable of doing.
0: If you could go back and do one thing different in your prep after you came through selection, and you figured out what was really happening, what would it, what would you go back and fix? Uh,
1: Charlie through five. So I started my 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 honest um, designated uh, preparation for selection only two months ahead of it. And that caused me some problems along the way because I knew where I wanted to be. You know, there were numbers that I was hitting on uh, deployment where that I wanted to be back at and I couldn't hit them fast enough. So I ended up injuring myself twice in the process of getting here and uh, wasn't able to get to that peak level that I really wanted to. So I really had to work with my HVO staff to uh, figure out how to work around these problems and make sure that I was still going to be capable to perform on the events that, um, I was feeling strong at. You willing to share what the injuries were? Yeah, I uh, I had had some back problems, especially in relation to deadlifts. Um, there have been a couple rope accidents that happened, and then um, I tried pulling weight too fast, thinking that I was just not being, uh, I just needed to man up and, and pick up the weight. But in reality, it's, uh, it's a lot about form and technique, and just being at the level that you're actually supposed to be at to pick things up. So there's no reason to rush yourself physically because it's not about the physical, it's about the mental and the ability to endure through the stress. So being comfortable with yourself. How did those injuries hold up? You went through the process. Uh, they were, those injuries were definitely catching up to me towards the end. Uh, I was pretty tight after the combine. And then I had to, because of the preparation I had done with my HBO staff where I knew how to manage these injuries? I was able to go back to my hotel room, the, the few hours that we had to ourselves, and actually roll out, uh, do some uh, some active stretches to uh, to help relieve some tension.
0: Just so the audience understands three five a little bit better, the cadre call him Socks because um, as he's doing the combine, he's got some very colorful socks on. So we didn't even know who he was or his name yet at that point, but he became Socks at that point. So. Very endearing. 3-4, over to you. Um, what would you go back and do different when you're Charlie 3-4,
2: on my prep I would go back and work on recovery time. A lot of selection is giving your max effort and then knowing that you're going to have to do it again. So just in my workouts, building in those, uh, I guess you would call it, on the other parts of the gut check workouts, more um, just uh, you know, on the assault bike, on incline treadmill, just giving your max effort for a specified amount of time and then just seeing how quickly that you can recover in order to do it again. And then just uh, more time in mobility and regen. I think I would push it pretty hard. And then some days I would uh, dedicate a lot of time to regen and mobility. Other days I'll kind of just blow it off, but it's extremely important here. Uh, you don't know how much time you're going to get between events. So the ability to recover quickly and get ready for the next event is crucial. Charlie 3-3, three, three, uh, both career points from 3-5 and
3: 3-4, really just kind of expanding on that. Um, obviously you can always do more with rucking and grip. You can never go wrong by doing that stuff, but I'd say uh, explosiveness and then just getting those gut check workouts. And I think the important part is trying to shorten that recovery. Because there's multiple times I did like workouts where I'm just going all out and then I would just have a long recovery. And uh, I think if I had put some more some shorter intervals in there, it would have it would have helped me a little bit better. So I'd say uh that aspect of it will definitely help you out. And that's that's really uh really all I have for the physical portion and mentally just just keep digging in this podcast and and keep reading more and more books. All the books recommended, I, I haven't read one that I was like, I don't really think that helped me in hindsight.
5: So just dig into those and, and uh, get as much as you can on them. Charlie 43. So you know, I talked about the attention being my biggest weakness. Uh, what I wish I did differently prior to selection and for the prep was uh, you could get my ops like. Way, way in advance uh, years in advance if you have the time and uh, getting into some of these books like these are skills that you use. And, you know, I was thinking about it earlier and like an analogy on the medical side, like we're not going to read a medical textbook and then go out and do medicine on somebody. You know, we're going to read the medical textbook, and then we're going to go do part task training, and then do FMPs, and then potentially go deploy and do that. And so to think that we can read a book like, you know, Peak Mind, and then go and take all that information and go execute and selection is completely asinine.
0: All right. So let's look at some of the things that you witnessed in each other that you said that's what right looks like. Because oftentimes we get down on ourselves. Oftentimes we don't think we're performing well, and we're looking around at everybody else and like, man, I need a little more of that. So think about some times during selection where you looked around and saw some of your peers doing some things that stood out so the audience can get a better idea of what right looks like. Yeah,
1: Charlie 3.5, um, the people that I valued the most outside of those that could communicate with others were the ones who were so squared away themselves that they were able to support their team members. Because um, not everybody knows where to find work sometimes. Not everybody knows how to fix their ruck. Not everybody knows the perfect way to take care of their feet. But the individuals that were so squared away in their own, in their own box that they were getting stuck in uh, were the ones who were able to, to step outside afterwards and aid their teammates and make sure that the team as a whole crossed the finish line.
2: Charlie 3-4, something that I saw that was really effective during this process was on our particular group's uh, senior enlisted member, he would talk a little bit slower to the group, kind of like that, and just bring everybody down when we kind of got a little too amped up. And so it sounds very simple and kind of rudimentary, but it really worked and it kind of just, it's like breathing away a problem. It just made things a little bit less stressful and then we just opened up our bandwidth so we could actually see what it is we needed to do. Charlie 3.3, three. I got three examples of this and they were all
3: by uh, guys in the room, three five and uh, four, three. First example, Uh, During land nav, uh, one of our guys rucks snapped during a movement and when he got back, he made that clear to the group and immediately all the PJs that were there jumped on and started coming up with these awesome solutions to get it uh, fixed for him and they ended up getting a quick fix and then uh, later doing some some rehab on it to get it to close to back to full. But uh, So that was awesome to see. It was really motivating for me to see the capability of these guys and just kind of see them jumping on a problem and solving it. And the other two examples were both during exfil. Uh, As I'm sure you probably know at this point, like exfil is pretty tough. It's a physically draining event and and it's one of the last things you're gonna do. So pretty drained there. Everyone's kind of just in their zone, trying to uh, stay in the process. And what I saw that stuck out to me during that was uh, one time for Three came out and was checking on people and that were not doing well during the event that he noticed and was just seeing how they were doing, trying to get them uh, drip drop, stuff like that, just to get them back in the fight. And then uh, the other one was four, th- four, five, and, uh, or excuse me, three, four, and three, five had a little spooning session uh, to, towards the end. It was very cold uh, during our exfil, and uh, three, three, four was. Um, getting close to hypothermic and 3-5 immediately jump down the opportunity to it um, hugged on, up. and hugged <laughs> naked. Uh, it was really cool to see though, uh, just see the team come back together after being broken down that far.
4: Yeah, Charlie 2-3 um, I saw a lot of guys uh, were able to react to things on the fly especially when it came to um, coming up with a contingency that was just thrown at them um, and so being able to do that in situations where you're not comfortable, I think is is definitely a, a huge thing. Um, you know, within the JTAC world, I feel very comfortable doing cowboy casts when you just have to start calling audibles and make things happen. But when it comes to uh, briefing something that's going on with a rescue mission, that's not in my realm of expertise being, just being able to think quickly on the fly uh, in those types of situations would would benefit guys.
5: Charlie three. one of the things that I saw that I, really appreciated from other candidates was uh yeah i finished one event particularly i didn't do too well i was kind of getting in my head about it and thinking about how much i hate myself and um charlie four six a younger pj who's from my unit came up to me and was asking me for some feedback from his performance from that event and that really me back into the present moment like what we're here to do is, is to get better and what i should be thinking about is how can i improve not wow that was a bad performance so
0: all right now that we understand some of the good things that you saw that that you thought was successful. What's the opposite end of that? So, what are some of the things you saw that you think were tripping guys up? That uh, if they could have just fixed that one little thing, they would have found more success. Let's start with two, three.
4: Charlie, two, three. Um, I think some guys uh, who get put in the leadership positions, they take the first plan that comes to them uh, and they roll with it and they just steamroll uh, and and don't take any any feedback or any um, opposition that comes to the plan. So being able to take feedback while you're developing the plan or while you're executing it uh, and adjust on the fly would be uh, a huge thing that you need to
5: be able to do up here. Charlie 4.3 I'd say the the bigger downfalls are people think that any of the events are not important to the cadre in some capacity you know some of the things we're going to do up here or you're going to do up here they seem completely removed from anything that would be important to evaluate. Um, Just arbitrary tasks that kind of seem like they're here to waste time or suck up time. But uh, this uh, selection is six days, I think. And so the cadre are not going to include anything in there that they don't think is meaningful. And, uh, you know, just say take a second and think about why you're doing what you're doing. And, you know, one of the events in particular, the land nav, um, the map is awful. It's a really bad map. And initially that made me think that yeah, this, is, this is ridiculous. Why is the map so bad? I think it's bad for a reason and yeah, it's bad for a reason. So just understand that. Charlie 3.5, uh, the thing
1: that I saw, as like the least effective or the most detrimental to people was receiving feedback, whether that was from instructors or team members and not implementing it as soon as possible. Not taking it into the very next task if you were turned around and told to do the exact same thing again, not using the detailed advice that you received. uh, Because the matter is that, or the fact is that you have a very limited time to show everybody here why you deserve to be here. And if you don't listen to people telling you what they need from you, then they're not going to value you.
2: Charlie34, the biggest thing
1: I saw was
2: coming here and being introverted with your walls up. Um, the whole part of this selection process is making good decisions off of good data, and we can't pull good data if we don't know uh, what we're looking at. So if you come in here and you're just kind of a little standoffish, you don't want to re- reveal things about yourself, I like your teammates can't get an accurate picture of you and actually give you pointed feedback to help you get better. And so, yeah, we had a a guy on our team that kind of came in like that. And then by the, after we received the initial feedback, um, it was night and day from the beginning to the end of selection, but he didn't do or learn anything that he didn't already have. He just let what was inside come out a little bit more. Like, oh, there he is. That's, that's the guy that we know. So just like, even if you, like, if you're whatever end of the spectrum versus introvert or extrovert, just come here ready to be like, hey guys, like, this is me. This is all the things that I like, dislike. Just come here and show people who you are, and it's going to help people get a – you're going to get better feedback right up the, right away instead of having to wait, you know, for people to pull it out of you. Charlie, three to three, all really good points. I'll try to do something a little different
3: just to throw something else in there. Uh, this is kind of like self-reflection, essentially. So one thing that will impair you as far as growing and showing um, the staff here that you are the type of person to be here is waiting for an opportunity to step up. As 3-5 uh, mentioned, you don't have a lot of time here. You may think you do in the beginning, but it goes by really quick. And opportunities, uh, they're not waiting for you. You have, to, you have to go and take them. So if you see an opportunity, don't hesitate. Just step up and take charge. You might fail, you might not do good, but you're showing uh, the people there that you're willing to lean into the process
0: and accept that hard feedback. All right, guys, so we also, we don't have the office on the panel today, but we want to get some information out there for the officers. What can they focus on from your guys' perspective, from the enlisted guys' perspective? What can they focus on to improve their performance when they come up here? 4-3, let's start with you. Actually, 4-3. So
5: I was thinking about this question the other day because uh, it was on the uh, end-of-course feedback. And, you know, when I think of a good officer, I feel, you know, as, as funny as it sounds, you know, safe and secure on the team. Like, this guy's got it, the – You know, he's at the helm, ship's under control. I don't have to worry about this. You know, he's got it handled. That comes from, I think, a variety of things. Um, Most importantly, being confidence. And tempering that confidence with humility is important, but being an aggressive, confident uh, individual from the get-go, I think, is is one of the most key traits. Uh, Second to being capable. And and building on from there and just having excellent interpersonal skills. Uh, one of the uh, officers of my team, Charlie 401, you know, he did a great job of providing that kind of feeling of security. Uh, on day one, sat down and did our you know, initial kind of get to know each other type brief. And you know, he was kind of the linchpin in getting everyone to open up and be vulnerable with each other and establish that really good team culture from the get go and it just built from there and we had an excellent team.
1: Charlie three five. Uh, when I think of the role an officer plays in my career field, especially, um, their job is to advocate for us and help us get a mission. And I think to organize us in a way that we can solve problems so that they don't have to solve the problems themselves. Um, so I think that by enabling us, uh, that it just requires them to know us all on an individual basis and recognize what our strong suits are as individuals and as team members and be able to plug us in exactly where we fit so we can add the most value to whatever job we're doing.
2: Charlie 34, I think the biggest thing for officers coming up here is that you know you're going to do problem solving and mission planning, and it's going to be on a tight timeline, so understanding that it's not your responsibility to solve the problem, it's your responsibility to make sure the problem gets solved. And so a lot of guys would get heads down and do like, hey, how are we going to work this particular piece? Well, you know, we need someone at the front. That's making sure that all the little things get taken care of. Like we would sometimes come up with a good product, but we were missing a timeline. We were missing, you know, a proper mission statement that defined what we were doing. We were missing a key asset and how we were going to utilize it. There's a little bit of gaps in coverage. So coming up here, just know that you need to step out and look at the big picture and make sure that everything is getting worked on and you are just there to approve it and enable your guys to get the job done. Charlie, three, three.
3: Yeah, awesome answer. I agree a hundred percent. I think what I saw that, that I thought probably enabled failure a little bit um on the officer side was it seemed like there was a lot of people that were trying to show that they had all the answers and and can do a can they give all the answers and do all the work. But I think um from my opinion, I think what would help better is uh just Leaning on your two, your senior enlisted guys, your two ICs or three ICs in your group and letting them lead. Let them lead the men and, and run uh, the problem and just steer the ship and make sure you're meeting those, those timelines and those those key points throughout the events, those uh, checkpoints, in the, like when you have those key points that you have to get done to move on to the next thing, make sure that the ship's going in the right direction and you're meeting those checkpoints. And uh, just let, let your senior guys run the rest of the guys and task them out and just trust them to do that. I think would would help.
4: Yeah, Charlie two three. I think Charlie ch- three three uh, said it really well there. Your job is to uh, turn the boat in one direction, make sure your guys are meeting timelines, and let your your senior enlisted uh, paddle essentially to get the mission done. Um, yeah, you guys are there to obviously lead the guys, make sure everything's in control and 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 going the proper way and meeting timelines. But ultimately, uh, you need to trust your guys to make the correct decisions and 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 essentially execute the mission.
0: Awesome. So my favorite question, because when I designed this whole process, it's designed to take you down into a pit. Um, when did you hit the lowest point and what did you do to pull yourself back out of it?
5: Charlie four three I think the lowest point for me was uh, finishing the ruck and realizing that there was no arrest. Um, you know, in my head going through the ruck, I was just thinking about getting done, and I had this blueberry cobbler MRE. It's my favorite MRE. Yeah, or prepared snack and the and I was really excited to eat that and then we got done and there was no time to rest and immediately on to the next event and it rained during that event. We we're all soaked and pretty hypothermic, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was disappointing.
1: point. Charlie 3-5, I'd say my lowest point was the night before infill. I had just received some feedback from instructors, uh, people that I was trying to come up and join tell me that I was failing and that they didn't really wanna see me at their program down the road and (laughs) tell me that I needed to either fix it or get on with moving somewhere else. So uh, it was pretty low and it was kind of the turning point for me where I realized I need to step it up and uh, I'm not doing enough yet. Uh, It it put me in a pretty low place and I had to work with my team to get myself out of that.
2: Charlie 3-4, my lowest point was on an it was very cold outside and I didn't want to wear too many layers to overheat, but I ended up wearing too little. Um, once we got very test saturated where we didn't have a free minute to grab a drink or eat something for several, several minutes, I started to uh, drop to a pretty low body temperature and then when we stopped I got uncontrollable shakes and could not calm down. And Charlie, this like was just mentioned. Charlie, three five here. You know, grab my grab my jacket, put it on me, and then sat behind me and held on to me to block the wind and to help kind of get me warmed up. Uh, once I was able to stop shaking a little bit, I was able to get some food in me, get some water in me, and the bounce back that I had was something that surprised me to the fullest extent. I I thought I was done, and I thought I could not continue uh, doing the events, n- not knowing how much longer they're going to go, but Charlie 3-5, stopped stuff that he was doing, made sure he got me back in the fight and so I could effectively help my team and then continue on. But that was absolutely my lowest point.
0: I'm going to come back to you. Um, I want to talk about the water just so because people don't understand how low your mind can get out there and how confused you get. But when we come back to you, I want to discuss that water thing that we had. Charlie 3-3, three three. yeah, that was an
3: awesome answer. Definitely a tough act to follow there. Um, I think I, I kind of have a non-traditional answer for this. Uh, my answer is the the echo bike event. um, and it's because I trained on on that specific thing, and how I performed was drastically off from how I wanted to perform, and it it really affected me. And there was still more stuff we had to do there, and that was right in the beginning. and I didn't want to let that affect me throughout the rest of the uh, the time here, because essentially when I got off that, I was like, yeah, that's it. I'm not getting hired. Um, and I was pretty convinced of that. And then I just kind of, t- to get myself out of it, I just kind of sat down for a second, try to collect myself, and, and then I, I just said, hey, I'm, I'm here because I'm trying to grow, and I, I need to laugh this off um, in a way that doesn't come off as, um, that I don't care, but I need to move on from this. And keep pushing forward, and uh, give my 100 percent with every. Continue giving my 100 percent, and uh, try to try to just push through it.
4: Charlie two three, um, yeah. Infill was definitely uh, the lowest point, and all of these guys that said otherwise are lying to you. Um, there is something about being sleep deprived with a heavy backpack at you know whatever time it is in the morning. In the darkness by yourself with nothing but your thoughts and whatever hallucinations are creeping in um but yeah taking those knowing that you're going to be in a low point right there and just thinking about either all of your buddies back at the squadron your family whatever whatever um person you have looking up to you um being able to refocus on them uh and just
0: continue attacking the task knowing that it is going to end let's move on to you in the water though Can you just explain what happened? Because I saw your your guys second time around the horn when we didn't let you stop with the litter. I saw you having to borrow water from from a fellow candidate. And which to a guy who isn't in y'all state, seems odd because you're carrying water in your hand, right? But realizing that sometimes that answer isn't clear to you in in the moment because you're trying to move forward and you're trying to keep up with the team and, and be a good team player. Do you remember it? Like what was going through your head as you were processing
2: of what was going on trying to survive? Charlie 3-4, during that time, uh, it was probably one of our more uh, lengthy movements. And I didn't want to be a hindrance to the team to say, hey, stop, I need to get water. So I just kept pushing through and just figured there was going to be a break at some point, and then I would fill up. That break didn't come for a while. What I remember of it was essentially a film over my eyes and my brain. Mm -hmm. I could see, and I was still able to function, but I just I didn't understand why I was doing things or why I, I think I was very unsteady with uh, my balance. And I would just have about five minutes of feeling really bad, 30 seconds of feeling good to remember what I was doing. But yeah, like water and just staying hydrated and staying way ahead of the curve is so important. And it was really like, I I, um, I got really in my own head uh, after expo was done that i let my team down by not being able to take care of myself. And, but I'm glad that I did it in a training environment and was able to see the effects of, hey, just a little bit of water and a little bit of snacks. And I was right back in uh, carrying my carrying my load, helping the team and just kind of pushing us all the way through. I
0: think what we recognize as a staff, and that's why I love that event so much, is because it's also a, a time when we're still have our wits about us and you don't, we can also nudge you to, to give you some lessons because we don't get to do this all the time. We all say we're these badass warriors, but honestly, when's the last time you did something Um, badass and warrior like that. We don't do it a lot. So what a cool teaching moment too to say, just try to pull you back outside of your pain cave and and look around and say, and if you just tell your team leader, he'll probably stop real quick and get you sorted because you'll move faster if you can get you sorted, right? But we don't do that because we're afraid we're letting them down. We get all disordered. We start affecting the team and now we can't do anything about it because now we have no options left and we don't see the obvious that, shit, I'm carrying the water. That i could be drinking and luckily you had a little jug at the time Do you just start turning it up it worked out well so it worked out man i was glad to see you pushed through that
5: uh, charlie four three so i had some low points but i didn't have anything that was uh, drastic during the uh, field phase because i was able to manage my body effectively with hydration nutrition um, because i have some skills from ultra running that translated and those are hydration and fueling and so um, some recommendations I have to candidates prior to going is really dialing in that hydration regimen. So my HPO staff in my unit had a hydration monitor. I was able to use a test my hydration status before and after events and during, and that allowed me to dial in down to the milliliter how much water I need in different conditions. So for example, I know that when I'm running in the desert, I need a liter an hour, 80 percent electrolytes uh, in order to maintain. If I'm going to be in a somewhat temperate climate, then I can go on the 750, but still maintain that uh, 80% electrolytes. With that in mind, you know, you can really, really dial, dial in a selection. And I would highly recommend using a water bottle to track that. If you have a Camelback back on, you're not going to know how much you're drinking. And you may find yourself uh, either under drinking or all of a sudden be out of water, away from a water refill point. Uh, the second point on hydration is uh, hyponatremia. So if you're out here in a May class and you're drinking a bunch of water, or correction, not drinking a bunch of water, but your pee is clear, then you're down on electrolytes very bad in a very bad way. And uh, being able to recognize that and know that you need drip drop and not just more water is, I think, important. On the food side, it's a little easier, honestly, to manage uh, Three to 400 calories an hour is my sweet spot to maintain for a uh, long event.
0: All right, so let's turn it around. So that was the lowest point. This one isn't as fun for me as the guy that runs it, but when did you hit your high point, and how did you capitalize on that high point? 3-3 to start with you.
3: Charlie, 3-3. I'd say my high point was literally the last thing we did at Selection, Um, I won't give too much away, but it was an event that required 100%, uh, just like all of them, really no change there, but it was the last opportunity to leave an impression um, on the staff there. And up to that point, I I didn't really know where I was at. Uh, the staff here do a really good job of not really kind of showing their hand and their process is so thorough, it's, it's hard to get a good idea. But I figured I was somewhere in the middle, and I I didn't think I really had that moment to show them that I, I am the type of person that should be here. So um, my highest moment was at that last event. I really kind of left it all out there, and I knew, like, regardless of, what the decision was going to be the following day on the board, I can walk away knowing that I didn't hold back. So,
4: Charlie two three, um, yeah. Going into uh, Xville, uh, the first few events, I was uh, I felt pretty good with how I was performing uh, against my peers, uh, and so as soon as it started off good like that, I just rode that wave basically all the way through Xville. Um, and it's by the time that I got to the end of it, maybe I maybe I burnt myself out a little bit too much but um i was able to <clears throat> just put myself out there um you know some of the guys might have been playing the the long game to conserve themselves but i from what i've seen up here they really want to see guys put out max effort every single event
5: Charlie 4-3 uh, my high point was during Xville and we all we got into uh, two teams that were competing in racing and uh i, I just really enjoyed be, having the whole team together and having all the boys and just really getting into it and having everyone's tired, everyone's exhausted, but everyone's putting out. It's just you know how fortunate we are to be a part of that. It's just amazing.
1: Charlie 35, uh, I'm gonna hit the same point again. X it
5: was it was
1: the last chance to to show anybody who you are, why you matter, and why you should be here. And uh it was no holds barred. So if you had a Hail Mary to toss at the end, it was time to do it. So uh I, I took that final chance to uh to try to step in as a leader and the best teammate I could be I started giving people directions once we broke into teams on certain things I started plugging holes and trying to be an example for my team when uh when things got rough and uh we didn't want to go anymore I tried to just keep going and not worry about whether or not it was going to be the last lap Charlie three four my highest
2: was during the move the mountain event Um, Charlie 3-5 here was actually picked last on the other team out of everyone, and he came out firing during the workout, and he put our team in a hole right away. And there's definitely a penalty for losing. And then uh, myself and uh, another member of our team were like, we are not going to lose. And both of us being down a pretty good distance in the the event, we both fought back to – basically get back to even and then I had an even go against uh, another member of the other team and just pushing through that and just showing that, you know, hey, having a little bit of resiliency um, when you're already even, the chips are a little down. So I think that as a team, you know, it's a little three-man team. I think that was kind of our highest moment there. And then a uh, additional uh, high moment is uh, during uh, one of the phases here, you're giving what appears to be an insurmountable problem and you have multiple days to solve it. And, you know, mo- I, most people do not solve it, but our team uh, was able to figure it out and get it done. And we had a huge aha moment of celebration uh, when we actually did it for about five minutes. And then we were given another insurmountable problem to solve, so uh, that, was a, that was a pretty big high just as a team kind of in a, in a non-training sense of way, just as like a little bit of a, you know, we're gonna remember that for a long time. So that was a good win because that
0: was probably the only event here that we actually won. All right. so if you guys could go back and do 1 event over again, for whatever reason, whether you just loved it, or whether you wish you could get it back to do better on it. Reveal to the audience what that would be. Let's start with 2, 3, uh,
4: Charlie, 2, 3, I would definitely go back and redo the ground force commander brief. Um, I'm pretty sure I got 0 approval changes during that. Um, for me, it's hard to. Persuasively talk to somebody who knows more about the situation than you do, so able to bring up contingencies that you might not be familiar with, and this ties back into my previous answer of being able to come up with things on the fly uh, in areas that
5: you're you're not familiar with. Charlie four three. Uh, so talking about it earlier, my low point getting done with the ruck and then not having time to eat, and you know being cold and wet and then rolling to the next event. Yeah, the next event we did not do well on uh, as a team or as an individual myself. And that was, I think, because the team was tired and thinking about, you know, now they just got done with this thing. They need to be eating, hydrating, but now we're doing this next project, um, and myself included, obviously. And we weren't uh, focused on the problem at hand and had a a poor performance that was easily preventable. Had we taken the second to reorientate ourselves to the task at be present at the moment.
1: Trial 35, um, I go back to the first mission problem or mission planning problem. Um, being a halfway element leader, I didn't have that much experience with MDMP and TLPs and working through COA development. And because I didn't feel as comfortable with those things, I didn't step up and try to guide the team when I noticed that we weren't developing multiple pillars. I didn't step up and try to interject myself right away. And it wasn't until after that uh, till the, after that scenario that my team gave me the feedback that I needed to open up and interject myself more. So I wish I would have been there the way that I was on the end there at the beginning because there was no time to form new relationships before that one happened.
2: Charlie 3-4, the event I'd like to do again would be the kettlebell communication exercise. I did it here with Charlie 3-3 three, three and Charlie 3-5. We uh, we had a little bit of su- success, and we kept establishing uh, better ways to communicate and new ways to do it. And um, you know, I won't say how many attempts that you you get at it, but we really, really thought we were right there. And just a few little changes um, earlier on probably would have set us up for success just to uh, complete that drill. But I had a lot of fun doing it. It was challenging and an enjoyable way. And uh, yeah, I think I think we were we were right there. Charlie33, three, three, if I could go back and redo event, it would probably be
3: build a problem, solve a problem. And for the reason, essentially, this is one of the uh, first problems that you get that you have to figure out. And my position in it as a uh was to solve the JTAC portion of this problem, which was kind of a softball. And I, me and one of the other JTAC bees, uh solved it pretty quickly. And we had a lot more time and I don't feel like I knew the MDMP pretty well. And I feel like I could have helped the team out a lot more uh, because we ended up not doing so great. And I feel like I had the ability to identify some of the weaknesses and provide solutions. And I uh, was kind of complacent with just figuring out the JTAC portion and then kind of bouncing around and trying to
0: make sure everything was good elsewhere instead of stepping up as a leader. All right, we're rounding third and coming home now, so this is the opportunity to reach out there and just let guys know who are thinking about coming up here. What's one thing they should focus on? Just one thing, let's neck it down to something. Let's go flashlight. One thing they can do to really make a difference when they show up here on day one. We'll start with four three.
5: Charlie, four three, the one thing that I would recommend you start to practice prior to showing up is is working on that attention and focus, and obviously I'm biased because it's my weakness. But you know, you look at things that affect your performance across a variety of skills. So, you know, obviously we need. I'm a PJ, so I need focus when I'm doing medicine, ropes, jumping, tactics, et cetera, et cetera. And I need it at selection. So, as far as something that will give me exponential growth, uh, that is it.
1: Charlie three five. Um, I'd I'd recommend progressive stress load. So start. Start easy, you know, just if you're going to rock, keep your headphones in, listen to something that motivates you, don't make it crazy long, and the next time you do it, uh, up the weight, maybe up the distance, maybe don't listen to anything at all, do it alone, and just be stuck in your head and have to deal with it. And then when you get back, force yourself to take an ice bath, just force yourself regularly to go through the things that you don't want to do that you know are going to help you, even though you'd much rather be at home sleeping or, having fun with the boys, just make yourself go through the process and trust the fact that what you're doing is going to help.
2: Charlie three, four. Uh One thing that will really help anyone focusing is uh, something that our lead instructor at the end ended our feedback session with, and it was know thyself. Um, there's five attributes that they're looking for here at the selection process, and it's not a secret, and the definitions are on the website. How well can you actually um, look at yourself and know, do you have these five attributes or do you not? What are you lacking? What do you need to work on? And then figuring that out before you come up here, that's gonna make all the mental problems so much easier. It's still gonna be difficult, but as long as you can look in the mirror and know who you are and what you bring to the table going into this, and can you answer those questions like, do I have these things? That's just gonna make you much more successful when you come up here versus coming up here and just trying to figure it out. Charlie, three, three. Great point, Uh, definitely echo that.
3: I'd say from when you get here, in my opinion, one thing that you can do to help yourself uh, absorb the process is just let your guard down. The quicker you can do that, the quicker you can let people in, the quicker you can start identifying your weaknesses, and the quicker you can start growing. Because if you do that too late, what you're going to do is you're going to end up setting yourself up to have to come back here. And anyone that comes back here twice is a maniac. Um, two three is going to come back and crush it, um, but you don't you don't want to put yourself in a position where you are coming back here again because it's a really tough process. Um, so just drop your guard early, accept, get be ready for feedback, ask for feedback, and do whatever you can to implement it as soon as early and up, as often as possible.
1: Yeah,
4: Charlie, two three. Um, I think it really comes down to how you uh, define success. So I think a lot of people view. Coming up here and getting picked up as you're successful, and if you don't, you're a failure. Um, and I, I, I don't view it that way. Um, one thing that you need to focus on to be successful overall is when you come up here, man, get the feedback and find out how to implement it properly. Like, be a bigger man. Understand that you are, you're not perfect up here. There's everybody up here uh, has some growth to be done. Um, but yeah, being able to to take that on the chin and implement it uh, is how you're going to be successful in life.
0: All right, guys, this has been freaking awesome, and I'm not just saying that. These guys still beat up, still sleep deprived We'd probably rather be out eating and resting right now. Came down here really for the community and to help the future generation out. So bottom of my heart, guys, thanks for coming down. This has been incredible. I knew I picked the right five guys um, when I picked you, but you never know how it's gonna play out until we come in here and you guys had really, really great Bob in here, I think, and your answer were better than I could have ever ever imagined, so I'll brief it. Uh, Charlie
1: 35. Yeah, I just want to give a a thanks to the
0: entire 724
1: for putting together this process. Um, even if I hadn't got selected, I would have walked away from here a better operator and a better man just with all the feedback that I uh, gathered. Um, and I just want to put out a thanks to my squadron for enabling me to, uh, Put together the time to come out here. I know the world's a busy place, so uh, finding time in our busy schedules isn't the easiest, but uh, it's huge to get the chance.
2: Charlie three, four. I just want to thank Mr. Free and the entire selection staff. Uh, this was just a really great process and a lot of work went into it and it showed. Just for anyone who's listening out there, you're obviously thinking about coming here and I was just, if you're thinking about it, just do it. I No matter what happens at the end, like you're going to come out of here with something as long as you commit to the process and let it, you know, let it take its shape during the course of the events. So if it's even on your radar at all, you know, feel it out, make sure it's good for you and your family, and then just get up here and do it. Charlie 3-3,
3: yeah, I just want to say uh, thanks for everyone for working this and putting this together. These guys are extremely professional and give up a lot of their free time to run these, and now they're doing four a year. So it's it's a huge commitment, and they're here to make you guys better. Um, Two things I wanna mention is, I mentioned I kinda was at a growth wall, I felt like in my life. This was the the medicine for that 100%, regardless of what the answer was at the end of that. So if if you feel like you need to do something to challenge yourself or get better, I highly recommend dropping the packets coming here. And then the second thing is just finish the selection. Even if you think you're gonna fail, even if you think you know that the next event's gonna suck and you got worse events coming around the corner, the two best moments for me during the selection came at the end. And they're like two of the most inspiring things I've, I've ever heard and got to be a part of. And I get, I get to live with those for the rest of my life and reflect on that. And if I hadn't finished selection, I wouldn't have been able to uh, have those moments. So if you come here, Finish the selection.
4: Charlie 23. 3 uh, Yeah, I just want to say thanks to uh, Mr. Free for inviting me on the podcast, as well as the entire uh, selection staff for, for putting this on uh, the feedback that I got here was uh, invaluable. Honestly, because I don't think I would have gotten it uh, anywhere else, especially back in my unit. Um, I'm really looking forward to taking everything that I've learned here and uh, hopefully be able to influence the TACP community. Um, and yeah, if you guys are going to come up in March of 2023, I'll be up here as long as the, the 724 will have me.
5: Charlie 43, and just like everyone else, I want to say thank you to Mr. Free and Mr. Error for taking the time to coordinate a course like this and, uh, put forward all the great information on the website and podcasts and things like that. And, uh, you know, it's just a, thank you for the opportunity and, and thank you to my squadron too. Uh, you know, the leadership and, and teammates that showed me what, what right looks like.